Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues here on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for joining us on AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. Great to be here. Chris Woodward. Good morning. And Ray Pritchard. Hey, what's up, Tim? How are you? Good morning, Ray. Good to have you with us from Kansas City, Kansas. Weather report there is... Hey, bright, sunny skies and heading up to about 60 degrees today. Kind of unusual for early December, I think. That must be why we have storm warnings tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh. Hey, well, I got to say, I don't even see any. Yeah. Oh, man, it's oh, he's good ta- Chris is talking about here in Tupelo. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Not nationally. Yeah, uh, but, yes. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, we, uh, uh, anyway, it's, uh, I, I welcome global warming myself. I, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, better than global freezing. Yeah, uh, yes. All right, so, um uh, we welcome everybody to the program. If you'd like to join us on the internet, go to Facebook or YouTube and simply type in today's issues and you can watch the show there. If you'd like to, we also post the stories that we discuss on our today's issues, Facebook page. Um, we got some guests this hour and you'll look, uh, you will enjoy hearing from them. I'll just, I won't go into the, we'll have uh, brother Jerry Lawson. On in studio with us, and we'll also have Kirby Anderson from Pro Ministries and Point of View Radio program coming on during this hour. So if you don't want to hear us four talk, <laughs> just wait. There'll be somebody else more interesting coming up just just a little bit. Chris, what's leaving the news this morning? Well, continuing coverage of uh, COVID shot mandates. Uh, the Biden administration continues to push uh, COVID shot mandates on the private sector, federal contractors, all kinds of people. Uh, but yesterday, the Senate, with the help of a couple of Republicans, Democrats voted. Uh, thank you. Voted. Uh, voted Join, jo- Democrats joining Republicans. Thank you. I got twit tongue tied. Oh, uh, no. The Senate voted for a resolution condemning Biden's uh, vaccine mandate. Tester and Manchin are the two senators, uh, the Democratic senators that joined Republicans here. They had issues with what this means for uh, businesses. Uh, personal freedoms, things of that sort. And I do have a bit of audio here from uh, Texas Congressman Dan Crenshaw, a Republican. He was on Fox and Friends today responding to the Senate vote and other issues in the House. Clip one. There's a direct line from Democrat policies to infringing on your freedoms, liberties, and rights. And as you can see, and this is just yet another example, mm-hmm. it's great news that the Senate passed that. Really proud of Joe Manchin and John Tester. Uh, Pelosi will not put our legislation on the floor. I have introduced legislation to repeal the vaccine mandate. Many Republicans have introduced similar legislation, but there aren't really those moderate Democrats in the House that no. will actually take a stand against Pelosi. It's very unfortunate. And there's good news for everybody. This vaccine mandate has been destroyed by the courts. Um, so I, I, I want to be optimistic that it will never really be in place. I got to tell you, it's going to be an awkward Christmas for Joe Manchin and the Dems. I don't know if he's going to be invited to the winter mixer or whatever they're calling it. Fred? Well, it's kind of interesting. This vote took place last night um, just ahead of a 
uh, Summit for Democracy that mm-hmm. uh, President Joe Biden opened this morning at the White House uh, by video with various leaders from around the world. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was kind of ironic because the big complaint about the uh, vaccine mandate, Joe Biden's vaccine mandate from the courts, they've all been saying this, that this is totally unconstitutional that the President of the United States does not have the authority to order individuals to take a jab. So he opens up this democracy summit, Joe Biden does this morning, because he's concerned about the rise of authoritarian dictatorships <laughs> around the world. Right Now, if there's nothing yeah. more authoritarian right. than a President of the United States without the permission of Congress... right telling people that unless you do what I tell you, I'm going to see that you're fired. Yeah. And I'm going to make your life miserable. Yeah, was this some kind of a virtual summit? Virtual this, summit um, just opened this morning. It's a two-day thing. That that uh, Biden is hosting, promotes, yes. quote, promoting democracy. Promoting democracy. And against authoritarian, authoritarian regimes. Yes, raising grave concern about authoritarian attitude. Yeah. Ray, are you surprised at all that uh, the uh, Biden uh, vaccine shot mandate is being is being uh, rejected by federal courts all over the country? Well, I think, first of all, we ought to just throw our hats in the air one more time. Say thank you, Mr. Trump, because conservative judges are in place. We don't have as many as we'd like. But before Trump, we didn't have nearly as many as we have now. So that's number one. We've got conservative judges all over the place who are saying, stop, wait, you do not have the authority under the Constitution, even even under the guise of an emergency, to do some kind of nationwide vaccine mandate. So that's a really good thing. The other thing is, Tim, I think the tide has finally turned. Uh, we're now, what, 21 months into all of this, and it's what? It's Shot one, shot two, booster one, booster two, booster three. Who knows where this is going to end? I think the American people are rising up in great numbers and saying, we want medical freedom. We want the right to make our own decisions. So my answer to your question is no, I'm not surprised. And I hope I, I, I have, just like the congressman said, I have hope that this vaccine mandate is going to be struck down in the courts, maybe even him to the Supreme Court before it ever goes into effect across the country. Yeah, he. he uh, some might say, well, we've had forced vaccinations in our country's past. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, smallpox and uh, what, what polio maybe was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if those were. I don't know the whole history there, but I do know this: when those were instituted, they were done so at a state level. So right. that's so so that state legislatures, which are closer to the people, uh, were responsible for their votes and hearing the public. So that's a big difference from uh, a president uh, unilaterally, unilaterally deciding he alone mm-hmm. will will make sure that uh, now it's not a national uh, vaccine mandate per se. But it is a it is using his office uh, without consent from the legislature at all to force people, as you said, Fred, to get a COVID shot or lose their jobs. That that's yeah. the bottom line, and uh, the courts are saying no, 
Mr. President, you don't have that constitutional authority. And so I don't know where he goes from here with this. I'm talking about Biden because this is widely unpopular. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least half the country. Uh, that's that, that's uh, wildly unpopular, widely and wildly unpopular. I think the idea, even for, for people who've had the COVID shots or the vaccine shots, uh, many of them are not for being forced to do it or lose their jobs or seeing their family members in the same situation. So, as I say, I don't know where Biden goes for, with this because he seems to have to be all in. Mm-hmm. If he were today to announce I'm rescinding the mandate based on the court decisions that have come down, uh, and the practical implication, implications here are practical uh, matters are that this uh, vaccine mandate is two variants behind. Yeah. <laughs> okay? You, you're not going to – and as we've said, we repeat ourselves here, I know <clears throat> this uh, mandate for shots that Biden put into effect in August, he made it effective in December, and now he's pushed it back to January – which uh, means that it's really not a national emergency. That's right. right. Okay. If it were a national emergency, he'd have said, you got two weeks to do this. This is a national emergency. Uh, so the even if uh, you complied with the uh, mandates and they were, they were ruled constitutional, let's just say for argument's sake, instead of unconstitutional by these federal courts, <clears throat> uh, the the, the uh Vaccines that were effective last spring and into the summer, you could argue how effective, uh, are not are no longer effective. Like, so why force a shot on somebody that's not even working uh, uh, in large measure anymore for the stated purpose of preventing the spread of COVID in the U.S.? You know, it's kind of interesting. One of the two Democrat senators that voted with the Republicans last night, uh, John Tester of Montana, in voting with the Republicans, he said his opposition opposition is based on conversations with Montana businesses who express deep concerns about the negative effect on their bottom lines and our state's economy during this fragile recovery period. I find that really interesting. These are Democrats in Montana who voted for John Tester, and they're saying enough is enough. This is Democrats. So they're joining. There's not one Republican that, that's backing uh, Joe, uh, Joe Biden on these mandates, and you won't find a Republican in the House. Now, this resolution goes to the House. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi will muster Democrats. But you know what? We're heading into an election about 10 months from now. I, 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 I'm almost hoping that uh, the House takes this up, all the Democrats uh, support Joe Biden's mandate, and then take that to their electorate in Uh, uh, 10 months. What's going to happen? i tell you another person that surprised me who has spoken out against the mandate, or at least questioned it, is Governor Gretchen Whitmer Mm -hmm. of Michigan, a liberal Democrat, you know, Governor Lockdown. Yes. Uh, there in Michigan, she said uh, the Biden mandate is a quote problem for her state. No kidding. Did you see this? Yeah. No kidding. So uh, if, because of uh, they can't do without all the workers, mm-hmm. that they're going to have to fire. Yeah. 
if this takes place. What uh, is, almost 500 teachers in Los Angeles oh, yeah. have lost their jobs. 500 teachers. We've and got, staff, yeah. We've got nurses. Now, is that a state mandate or is that a... Uh, is uh, that a it, might be, it might even be local. Some of the uh, larger municipalities in the well, country have their own thing. Look, go for it. Okay, if you want to live in California under that kind of oppression and that kind of dictatorship, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't. I know I sound sarcastic there, and I guess I am being somewhat. But I mean, I, I, what I'm saying is, if you're going to live in a uh, deep blue state, uh, you're you're going to you, you, your your fellow citizens, whether you do or not, support uh, the firing of the teachers, for example, right here, because uh, they believe in heavy-handed government mm-hmm. to quote protect the public so and 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 so that there's just a deep divide as we talked about before between blue states and red states uh right. over freedom and liberty and uh, people in blue states who vote for this kind of stuff these kind of mandates and stuff would say hey we're we're doing this in the interest of public safety yeah uh and Red states would say, "Well, we have to balance public safety versus personal fr- freedom and liberty," mm-hmm. and uh, the red states are coming down on the side of personal freedom and liberty. The blue states are basically saying uh, that that has to yield to uh, public safety, so we're going to force everybody to get shots. Tim, I want to go back to something that you mentioned yesterday: that if President Joe Biden was allowed to get away with this mandate. What's going to stop him from applying the same kind of authoritarian attitude for for global warming measures? The, yeah, the precedent set here by the by the president is well, it's unconstitutional as he's four. I think four now federal courts have said mm-hmm. basically. So you can't. Uh, I mean, for for people who say no, I'm for the mandates. I think people ought to be forced to get COVID shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I would say. Uh, Okay, if you're going to subscribe to that, that that you believe the president has the authority to do that alone, then, as you say, Fred, what's going to happen next year when Biden says, you know what, Um, carbon emissions are a problem in the United States. It's leading to climate change slash global warming. Therefore, uh, I'm going to say anybody who uh, – nobody's eligible for a driver's license unless they – uh, you know, commit to having a card saying they're not going to drive more than 200 miles in a month or something. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just giving a, a scenario, yeah. uh, yep. but, but that's the same yes. uh, idea. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm saving your life. I'm saving you. I'm saving the planet. I'm saving your life. I'm mm-hmm. going to restrict you yeah. from, from driving. So something far. I think that is just as likely as that scenario is, you know, this country has been heavily involved in healthcare. For years, even before Obamacare, the government was heavily involved with, invested in financially, health care policy. So um, what's to stop this president or a future president from saying, you know what, obesity is an epidemic. I'm going to do an executive order and yeah. we're going to require private sector businesses to make their workers lose 20 pounds each. Yeah, that'd yeah. be bad news for Nadler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jerry Nadler of New York. Democrat. Uh, well, uh, and, you he, know, he, he's not on the cover of fitness magazines. That what no, you're saying? Not no, yet. didn't make it. Didn't make it. Not yet. Okay. But you know, oftentimes when they do these, uh, when they do an executive order, a president will point back to another administration that did it for something else. And they say, well, so-and-so did this. And you know, I can, I have the authority too. So if, if Biden's executive order on the COVID shot stuff stands 
a future president will just point back to what Biden did and try mm-hmm. to follow it to the letter so that way it can stand too. Well, they're not going to his his mandate is not going to stand. It's not it has uh, four federal courts have said no. I imagine the Supreme Court will hear this before long, I would think. Uh, or they'll let the lower court's decision stand mm-hmm. on this. Um, and I, I'm sure hoping, I'm, I agree with you, I'm optimistic about the courts, but I sure hope those court decisions also apply to our men and women in the military. Hey, related to this, gentlemen, <clears throat> is um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the head of the, uh, what's it, What's that agency he's in charge of? National Institutes of Health? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, NIH. Uh, Dr. Fauci said yesterday that it's only a matter of time when the the, uh, definition of fully vaxxed has to be changed. Yes. Yeah. And I would say that that he is correct on that. It will have to be changed. Yeah. Yeah. which means that's going to throw millions and millions of other Americans into the unvaxxed, unwashed category. Yeah. And they, too, which is pretty soon, you see where I'm going with this, pretty soon you could have half the country being fired mm-hmm. if, if Biden gets his way for not getting, uh, not staying up with what it means to be, quote, fully vaxxed. Yeah. Go ahead, well, I was just saying we do have the audio of Fauci. It's not just him saying, saying it. This? We do have audio of Dr. Tony Fauci. Uh, he told CNN it's it's not a matter of if, but when the definition of fully vaccinated changes. Clip eight. Is it a matter now of when, not if, the definition yeah. of fully vaccinated changes? You know, my own personal opinion, Kate, is what you said is correct. It's going to be a matter of when, not if. The timing of that matters, Kate, with regard to the lawsuits that are now about OSHA and whether or not a fully vaccinated person that... that uh, as you know, that 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 point that was made by the president that private businesses with 100 or more people either should be fully vaccinated or get tested regularly. The federal workers, as you know, are required to be vaccinated. Certain people who come under the Medicare, Medicaid, it has implications for that. And that's the reason why it matters. No kidding. What an understatement. That has, man represents science. It has implications <laughs> for that. You know, it, you talk about uh, election liability. Does Joe Biden really want his Demo- really want his Democrats to be heading into the midterms next November with all of this building anger? Can you imagine if they change the definition of fully vaccinated to you have to have the two vax shots? Then you have to have at least two boosters. And if you don't, I'm going to fire you. You really want to go to the people of the United States with that? Oh, that's a loser. To- uh, uh, totally. That's a, that's a loser. And <clears throat> all right, so we will see where this goes from here. But the mm-hmm. when the redefinition of what it means to be fully vaxxed comes down, um, as I say, I, here's the one thing. I don't think Biden... Uh, wants that to happen, so he may he may say no. I don't want to change the definition because of the reasons I just mentioned. If you do change the definition of what it means to be fully vaxxed, which would include maybe like you said, two shots and two boosters or whatever, and a booster every six months, mm-hmm. then um, as I say, that's going to increase the. Right now, you may have what ten, twenty percent of the American public, uh, maybe who are. 
uh, resisting, mm -hmm. that's going to increase to 30 to 40 to 50 percent. Correct. If you re start requiring uh, every three months to get a booster mm -hmm. in order to meet the definition of what it means to be fully yes. vaccinated. And again, as I said, let's back up and look at the overall picture here. You're talking about a uh, a, uh, a virus that has a 99.8% recovery rate. Yeah. Uh, this new variant, not the Delta, but the new variant, uh, the... Uh, Omicron. The de the uh, variant O. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, variant O is uh, said to be very, very mild, like a cold, right? Mm -hmm. So, again, that, that the, the virus seems to be weakening in terms of its potency uh, uh, against people. Now, you know, uh, who knows what variant's going to come down next month, right? Uh, we don't know. Uh, thank you, China. We're going to have COVID for the rest of our lives. It's like the flu. It's going to be going. It's, it's going to be. It's going to be there. Twenty-five years from now, it's me and Brent broadcasting on an AM signal from some <laughs> undisclosed location, talking about COVID forty-five. All right, ladies it's and gentlemen, uh, time for booster number seventy-three. <laughs> All right, get booster seventy-three this year, and and you can enjoy Christmas. Oh, with, don't worry. with your family. Yeah, Fauci will still be around somehow. Right, right. It'll be the mind of Fauci still uh, speaking to us. Oh man. Uh, all right, you're listening to today's issues on AFR Next Story, Chris. Well, um, I have something that I'm going to purposely hold through the break because I know we got one coming up here in a second. So let's do this story because it is something that is, I think, gotten lost in the news cycle this week. Uh, several months ago, there was an effort to have um, – there was language in a military-related bill that required women to sign up for the draft. Young women, 18, 20, 19-year-old women to sign up for the draft. A lot of Republicans said this is not right. We should not require our uh, daughters to uh, sign up for the military. And so a number of Republicans got together and really fought this tooth and nail. One of them is uh, Representative Chip Roy of Texas. He is among the Republicans that in recent days successfully removed that language from the National Defense Authorization Act. In other words, women are not going to be required to sign up for the draft now. Uh, and uh, Chip Roy talked about this last night on Washington Watch with Tony Perkins. Clip three. You got to pick a fight in order to win it. And uh, we were able to do that. And, yeah, I laid in the leadership and said, and I meant it, if someone's going to draft my daughter, forcibly conscript, conscript my daughter, I can't support that person for a leader uh, in this body, in the party, or for president. And so it's important to say these things. It's not personal, um, it, it, but it is very uh, important for the country that we draw some lines in the sand. And then we stand up and fight for them. That's the uh, that's Chip Roy, Chip Roy Texas. of Texas. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking specifically about uh, making uh, young ladies uh, enter the draft. Right, sign up for selective service, like should, I had to should, do. Should we have that uh, again? Not serve in the military. That's not what we're talking about. Correct. We're talking about be drafted. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that AFA weighed in on this. We did. Uh, we absolutely agree with Chip Roy there, the congressman from Texas. You should not force women, young ladies, daughters, to uh, sign up for the draft. That's just immoral, in my in my view. Huh? Amen. Amen. Uh, and I'm glad that uh, it's an it's another one of these kind of wacky Democrat driven things that, you know, even Democrats don't want to go to their constituents with. But there's there's a woke element in the Democratic Party, and they come up with this stuff. Fortunately, like this one, it's been shot down. Right. All right, we got to take a break right here. I'm Tim with Fred. 
Chris and Ray. We thank you for listening to American Family Radio. We got some good stuff to talk about when we return from this short time out. Stay with us. The FCC is supposed to be a guardian of freedom of speech on radio, TV, satellite, wire, and cable, but that could change if President Biden's nominee for commissioner, Gigi Sohn, is confirmed. She's already shown her bias against conservative broadcasters, and her tie-breaking vote in the FCC could go against outlets like American Family Radio and American Family News. Contact your senator and urge them to oppose Gigi Sohn's nomination to the FCC. For more information, visit afa.net. A vacation with a purpose. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's what some of our folks have called our spiritual heritage tours, which we're going to be doing again in 2022. Let me tell you what we do. We go on a trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. We see early American history there. And then we go to Washington, D.C. and George Washington's Mount Vernon on a separate tour. We do these in June and September. They're perfect weather months in that part of the country. Stephen McDowell, who is a historian and author of America's Providential History, he will be our expert on the trip. So we'll have a historian joining us on these tours. It's going to be a wonderful time together in our nation's capital and in Colonial Williamsburg in 2022. June and September. If you want to go, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. The war on Christmas took an ugly turn at Fox News Channel. A crazed lunatic set fire to a giant 50-foot-tall Christmas tree right outside their headquarters, New York City. There's video on my website. Fox says they plan to put up a new tree, hopefully one that is fireproof. In recent days, Christmas trees have burned in Oakland, California, and in Chicago. A Christmas tree in Washington Square torched in what police are calling an act of arson. I blame the atheist and the cancel culture mob. For decades, their minions have waged an unholy war against Christmas trees, candy canes, and the baby Jesus. The good news is this evil jihad on our culture is in vain. No matter how many trees they might burn, no matter how many nativity scenes they might banish, they will never succeed in canceling Christmas. That's because Jesus is the reason for the season. I'm Todd Stearns. But he saves the poor from the sword of their mouth and from the hand of the strong. So the helpless has hope and injustice has shut its mouth. American Family Radio. When you die, 
Are you going to heaven or not? You can know for sure. Heaven or not.net. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. I'm Tim with Fred and Chris and Ray, and we thank you for listening to American Family Radio. Well, um, twenty in 2005, I was told uh, a few minutes ago, was when American Family Association and American Family Radio started responding to what we saw as a war on Christmas going on in our culture. And uh, a lot of people mocked and and made fun of that, saying there's no war on Christmas in America. But there was, and there continues to be somewhat, because Christmas is directly related to the Christian religion or the Christian faith. A lot of people who hate Christianity don't like the fact that this time of the year brings attention to Jesus Christ. And um, I mean, that's just that's the bottom line reason for the war on Christmas. Mm-hmm. So there was a movement to get rid of the word and change everything to holiday. Nothing wrong with the word holiday. I use it. We use it. Uh, but when I remember Lowe's tried to change the name of their tree, they said, we're calling it a holiday tree, not a Christmas tree any longer. Well, we told our, our supporters about that, and Lowe's changed within just a, a week or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know whoever they had the bright idea at Lowe's. Uh, they did, to their credit, they did change back, but they had a couple of knuckleheads there, I guess, mm-hmm. at the corporate headquarters who thought that'd be a great idea. And then uh, there was just a, a, just a change going on across America. A lot of uh, the uh, politically correct crowd were trying to get rid of the word or get away from the word Christmas. A lot of companies were doing the same thing in their stores, calling it, uh, you know, holiday shopping. Again, nothing wrong with the word holiday, but if it's not for Christmas, people don't people don't holiday shop. People they don't. <laughs> yeah. Nobody buys anything for New Year's. Okay, people don't tra- exchange gifts at Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's Christmas. You buy gifts for Christmas, and that's what keeps half of American companies afloat in the retail business, right? At least. So, uh, uh, it's 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 the Christmas season that we celebrate here, uh, and that again that goes back to our Christian heritage in the United States. Well, in response to that, uh, one of the things we did we started here at AFA was uh, the the Christmas buttons, which uh, uh, we we've done now for years and years. And uh, millions of them have been distributed all over the country. Many of you have seen them. Uh, they're the buttons uh, that that uh, talk about Jesus 
in as much as you can on a little button. The Jesus being the reason for the season, as the expression goes. So uh, this year, again, we're offering these buttons. If you will go to afastore.net, you can order yours. We'll get them there in a few days. afastore.net, afastore.net. We have 10 Christmas buttons. They're beautiful buttons. Go and look at them, afastore.net. 10 buttons for $15. They come in packs of 10. Well, uh, and I'll give you the phone number if you don't want to mess with the Internet. You just want to call us and order your buttons. I'll give you that in just a moment. Uh, One of the gentlemen uh, who's been with uh, us before here on this program who has been labeled our our number one ambassador for the Christmas buttons is uh, Brother Jerry Lawton, who uh, serves as pastor of the Enon Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. He drove the hour up here, hour, hour and a half up here today to be with us as he does annually this time of year. Uh, good morning, Brother Jerry. Good morning. How long have you been serving uh, churches? How long have you been a pastor? The Lord called me into the ministry when I was 14, and two weeks later I got in the pulpit for the first time. Wow. <laughs> 14? <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's uh, and have you and have now were you hired as a pastor then or they went no, just, they went, just supplying just rural churches? Yeah, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Fourteen. Well, all right, Jerry. Uh, you, how did you first learn about our our buttons? I asked you this last year, I guess. Well, Do you even remember? I learned about the buttons through Buddy Smith. Uh, Buddy and his parents, members of our church. Uh, this war on Christmas, and at that time, even on some of the other news networks, uh, people talked about uh, changing different phraseology and all. And uh, so when Buddy mentioned to me about the buttons, I wanted them. I wanted to spread them through the church in our community. All right. Uh, now, uh, you have a story every year about something that happened to you the previous year. You've distributed thousands and thousands of 10,000, 20,000 or more probably since you've been on it, right? Thousands. Okay. Now, you went to Branson, Missouri recently. I did. And you were telling our staff this morning in a devotion about a story about, I mean, what happened to you at, with relate, related to the buttons, the Christmas buttons, the Jesus buttons at a restaurant there. Or was that in Harrison? Or where, where? No, that was in, in Branson, Branson? Okay, on go, a Monday morning. All right, tell us that whole story. Well, uh we have a place there in Branson that we normally go and uh, eat on a regular basis. And uh, so this this Monday morning, we were meeting uh, a couple uh, at this restaurant at about 8 o'clock. And uh, so Deborah and I get there a little bit early to get a table. We get out. We're going into the restaurant. And uh, the Lord's Spirit just identified with my spirit, Jerry, you need a bag of buttons in your pocket. And... I started to turn around and go back to the vehicle and get a bag of buttons, and Deborah said, come on, let's go in. So we went in, we sat down, and in a few moments, Alvin and Vivian Coleman and their son, Ed, joined us at the table. We're sitting there drinking our coffee, and uh, we've ordered, and uh, the uh, lady that was waiting on us, she was so kind and nice, and so I just uh, I gave her a button, and uh, she was tickled to death to get it. And... Uh, so in a few moments, she came back to our table, and she said, do you have three more buttons? And I said, mm, I didn't. 
But Alvin and Vivian and Deborah and Ed, I give them bags of buttons to pass out as well. They had buttons. And it was like the Lord said, I told you to get a bag of buttons. So about that time, I think I'm going back out there and get a bag of buttons. So I go back to the vehicle, get a bag of buttons. I come back into the restaurant. And as I'm going back to our table, I noticed that there was a young boy there that, uh, had a button on, and there were two other people mm-hmm. at the table with him that had buttons. And so I just looked at him, and I said, I sure do like your button. And he said, well, this this lady waitress, she had one, and I asked her where she got it. And so she went over to y'all's table, I guess, and got it. And uh, then he noticed that I had a button on, and he said, she got them from you. And I said, yes. And he said, well, I sure would like to have some buttons to give to my friends. And I said, well, if you talk to Jesus about it, you have not because you ask not. And if you ask anything in his will, Bible says that it's going to be done for you. And he said, well, I hadn't talked to Jesus about it. And it's, I use this phrase, it's just a life lesson that that you learn. You need to ask if you want something. And uh, he said, well, I'll have to pray about it. And I said, well, let me tell you, the Lord knows what you have need of before you ask. And I have a bag of buttons in my pocket. And so I pulled them out and I gave them to him and it just blew him away. Yeah. Well, these buttons, you can go to afastore.net and look at them. We have a couple of different buttons. So one's green, one's red. One says, Jesus, our living hope. And then it says, Merry Christmas. And these buttons are, as I say, we, I don't know how many millions of them have been distributed all over the country and uh, i see them out traveling sure uh, and it's a good uh, the primary reason jerry for wearing the button is to be a witness for christ right sure yeah what any other story happened to you that stands out that uh you want to share i was telling buddy we went uh on a tuesday night to this murder mystery there in branson and uh so we had eaten our meal and they had started this murder mystery and uh so we get to halftime, and uh, they have an intermission. So I, I told Deborah, I said, I need to excuse myself to go to the restroom. So I, I went into the restroom, and I noticed this young boy, about nine years old. He, uh, he kept following me around, and it was kind of unusual. <laughs> and uh, when I turned a corner, how did he get here? How was how he there? And anyway, I leave the restroom. And I left him inside the restroom, but when I started down the hall, <laughs> there he is. And I thought, what's going on? I later come to find out it was two twin boys. And both of them were standing there, and they were looking at the Christmas button. Wow. So I asked the young men, I said, uh, do y'all like the button? We do. Would you like to have one? Yes, sir. So I gave each one of them a button. Mm -hmm. I go back into the theater. I sit down, and a lady that's one of the main characters in the show comes over, and she says, I want to apologize to you. And I said, for what? And she said, those two boys that have the buttons, they told me they got them from you, and I know that they ask you for those buttons. And I said, no, ma'am, you're wrong. I asked them if they wanted to have a button. And then she kind of gets emotional with me. She is an older sister raising her two twin brothers. 
and life is tough. Hmm. And so I had an opportunity to tell her about the button. Jesus is your hope. Life difficult, the joy of your life will come through Jesus Christ. And uh, those two boys, uh, those buttons, they didn't hit me up for the buttons. That's a gift to them. And uh, share Jesus Christ. Get in church, and you'll find your life to be a whole lot easier. Hmm. Hey, Jerry, thanks for sharing with us, brother. I know you're going to be on the air with us uh, on AFR today, the different uh, various shows. Okay, the buttons Jerry's talking about, uh, you can get a 10-pack of them for uh, $15, and it's free shipping. So here's how you order those. If you want to look at them before you order them, just go to afastore.net, afastore.net, afastore.net. You really need to order them today, folks, so we can get them in the mail so you can have them for the next couple of weeks. <clears throat> all right, you can use them next year too if you don't <clears throat> if you don't use them all, but you'll you'll find people asking for you. If you wear them, somebody's going to say something about it and then they're going to give you an opportunity to give give them away to people. So, uh, the phone number if you want to call us here at American Family Association and order a pack or two packs or whatever of the buttons Again, they're ten buttons. They're fifteen bucks for the pack, and the free it's free shipping. Here's the phone number: eight seven seven nine two seven four nine one seven. Eight seven seven nine two seven four nine one seven is the phone number, or go to afastore.net, afastore.net. Thank you, brother Jerry. Thank Thanks you for You're coming in. Glad to be here. Okay, y'all have a blessed day. You too, Thank you, sir. Um, Jerry wasn't, uh, he didn't, he wasn't raised in New England, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, appreciate Jerry. It's funny you mentioned that though, cause we do have, uh, you know, we have, uh, a Brooklyn, Mississippi. We have an Atlanta, Mississippi, a Philadelphia, Mississippi. We have a, yeah. uh, you know, all kinds of places, a new Albany, but we, we add our own little language to it. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio. You still there, Ray? I'm here. I'm listen. Uh, I love hearing Jerry talk. And uh, Tim, let me just add my little two cents here. This idea of the Christmas button—it's—it's it's made for a moment like this in history. And I encourage all of our friends, you know, call us, get a pack while you can, because uh, there, you know, Tim. People out there looking for answers, maybe now more than than ever in the last generation, people looking for answers, and they want to know what this all about. So, hey, anyway, my two cents, it's yeah. a great thing. The green button says, Jesus, our living hope. And then it says, Merry Christmas. And the red button says, Jesus, he came for you. Merry Christmas. And both of those, uh, whichever one you like the best, you just order. All right, you're listening to today's issues. As I said, joining us now is our good buddy Kirby Anderson from Pro Ministries and Point of View Radio Program uh, in Dallas. And uh, Kirby uh, joins us. They've uh, Probe has done some very interesting research on the church and millennials and Christian uh, young folks, and we wanted to talk about with that. Talk about that with uh, Kirby. Good morning, Kirby. Good morning, Tim and Ray. We're certainly glad to be with you today. You were there at uh, Rich. Where's the headquarters for Probe? Plano, Texas. 
Plano, yeah. Plano. Plano, Texas, uh, which is growing like crazy. I think a 2,000-square-foot home is a million and a half dollars there. <laughs> huh? Maybe not that much, but in Plano, yeah, pretty amazing. I am exaggerating a little bit, and I joke that every time I go to Dallas and, and north of Dallas, uh, there's, there's coming a time when they're going to cross the Red River and start taking over Oklahoma there. <laughs> in north uh north part of dallas all right kirby uh tell us about this survey uh and then i, I want you to tell people where they can go and read about it but what was it what was the nature of the survey sure and then go to probe.org and if, i would think most listeners are familiar with that website but you know 10 years ago in 2010 we did a survey of the millennial generation but we were only at that time looking at born again millennials and since that time, you know, Tim, sometimes when we see each other at AFR or we see each other at National Religious Broadcasters, sometimes you and I both said, you know, what about some of these surveys? So we thought, you know, 10 years later in 2010, uh, we did the first survey. So in 2020, we did a survey that was actually looking at thousands. I mean, we are talking about thousands and thousands of individuals, 18 to 39. So now we're not just looking at Generation Y, millennials, but also Generation Z. And because we were looking both at Christians and non-Christians with this much more uh, significant survey, we were able to maybe answer some of the questions that even you and I sometimes have had conversations about. You know, is it as bad as we think it is? And what about some of the arguments? And so let me use one example that we've run into before, because we've had people say that we recognize at the age of 18, young people sometimes take a break from church. And so whether they go into college or they go into the military, they go into the workforce, they take a break. But we've always been assured by some of the Christian leaders that kind of like the swallows to Capistrano, they'll come back again. You know, when they get married, when they have kids, they'll come back to church. And what we did was actually look at these unaffiliated. These would be people that identify themselves as atheist, agnostic, or no preference. Some people call them the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, but sometimes we don't use that because people get confused with Catholic nuns, so we just say they're the unaffiliated. And what we have found, interestingly enough, is not only do they not come back, but a higher percentage are leaving the church. And so I sometimes refer to that as the field of dreams myth. You know, you remember the old phrase, if you build it, they will come. Well, the sad reality is we built 350,000 churches, and they're not coming. Uh, but we need to go out to them. And I want to hear Ray's comments about this, because it seems to me that one of the action items that we've identified is that we can't assume they're going to be coming into the church, so we need to go to them. And certainly what we're doing right now, think of all the people right now that are listening to today's issues, listening to American Family Radio, that haven't been inside the church. Or think of some of the people that are on AFR, like David Jeremiah or a number of others that have said that their online services have exploded. Robert Jeffress has said the same thing. But I think really one of the application points is we need to help individuals that we are identifying in this survey, the Generation Y and Generation Z, that have some of the highest levels of anxiety, depression, even suicidal thoughts. They have those needs, but we need to encourage pastors and church leaders to connect the gospel of Jesus Christ to those needs, because they know they have those needs, but they just don't think that a church, they don't think that Jesus Christ, they don't think that Christianity, they don't think the Bible actually answers those questions. And so that's why I've called it the field of dreams myth. We sometimes think, well, if we build the churches, they will come. No, 
We can't wait for them to come to us. We need to figure out ways that we go to them. Kirby, I want to ask a follow-up question here because I was thinking about the first part of what you said 35 years ago, 40 years ago, dating myself now, but the that the field of dreams thing was, it was true in a sense. Back a generation ago, we would lose, we would have kids come up through the church, they would go off to college, and they would drift away, but then they would get married and have kids and eventually come back to the church. So I can remember a time when... <clears throat> That was more true than it is now. So what has happened between, say, 1980 and here in 2021 that has changed, broken, has broken that connection whereby kids are not coming back because there was a time when largely they used to. So what's changed? Uh, Two things real quickly. Number one, uh, the idea of them coming back to church, a lot of the millennials were actually raised outside of the church. My favorite story is I have a friend that teaches here at the Dallas Art Institute, and oftentimes they will take them into uh, various museums to see paintings, but also when they teach architecture, they'll take them into various buildings. And she has said that when she takes these kids into a church for the first time, more than a half of them say, this is the first time I've ever been inside a church. Now think about that. That means they've never been there for a baptism Uh, for a funeral, for a wedding, for uh, any kind of Sunday school class or the rest. So first of all, a lot of this generation weren't in church in the first place. So the idea of coming back to church is false in some ways for them. But also you're saying, what about the ones that were in church? And my second point is social media. The Mm -hmm. typical young person today, and I'm talking about those Generation Y and especially Generation Z, because they're oftentimes called the iGen generation. They are digital native. There's never been a time when that generation hasn't been in a world where there was an iPhone, an iPad, or something of that nature. Matter of fact, I want to talk more with Walker about this on his show, because that is something that is very unique, because now you have these individuals that are spending, and the estimates are at least eight hours a day eight hours a day looking at a screen. It could be a computer screen, a video screen, a movie screen, but most importantly, a screen on their phone. And that um, information isn't the kind of information you get from American Family Radio. Instead, it's something that sort of reinforces a secular worldview. And so for two very good reasons, that connection that used to exist seems to be broken and we aren't seeing as many of these young couples coming back to church. Fred. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Kirby, it's Fred here. Uh, also, I, I've heard some concerns raised about oh, what's happened over the last 18 months, almost uh, 18 months, I'll say, with regards to church services canceled, uh, Zoom, that this is going to have an impact. A lot of people aren't going to bother coming back to church because they say, well, if I want to tune in, I'll just bring it up on my cell phone. And that's something else that we surfaced as well. As a matter of fact, I had an article that came out in Christian Post where I started using that idea, if you build it, they will come, because now there is a mindset, and again, the younger generation already has the mindset, I get everything I need from my phone. 
Uh, so, you know, if I have a question, I, I will type in a Google response. If I have a interaction with somebody, I text them. And so I get all of the information and all of the things I think I need from my phone or from a computer. And so now that I'm already used to actually already attending church, if you will, attending in quotes, air quotes here, by going to my phone, I will continue to do that. And again, the younger you are, we have been able to break them out from 40-somethings, 30-somethings, 20-somethings. The younger you are, the more likely you are to use your digital devices to get all information, more likely you are to think that uh, the only way I'm going to read my Bible is on my phone, if I read it at all, uh, versus holding a Bible. And the only way I'm going to attend church is, again, digitally. And so this is going to be something else that we're going to have to really use as a way to maybe change some mindset and bring people back to, for example, when it talks about in the book of Hebrews that we should not neglect the gathering together of ourselves. This is going to be, I think, a really kind of key issue that we're going to need to communicate here in the 21st century. So real quickly, we've got a minute left here. Uh, Would you say the uh, number one ideology, philosophy, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, dominating the generation you just talked about, 18 to 35, is that what you're talking about here? Primarily? That's about right, yes, correct. Uh, is, it yeah, eight, is, it eight, is it atheism, agnosticism, or I don't careism, or what is it exactly? <laughs> and this is where I'll borrow from our friend uh, George Burna, because his survey says that what you really have is what's called syncretism, which is a big word that basically says cut and paste, or Think of cafeteria, think of a buffet where you, you grab one uh, particular item, put it on a tray, another item, and you, then you get to your table and say, what did I end up with? They get an idea from Oprah Winfrey. They get an idea maybe from listening from AFR. <laughs> they get an idea from uh, hearing some comment, and they have a worldview that doesn't make any sense at all. So it's not exactly systematic theology is what you're saying out there. No. <laughs> Full of contradictions probably as well. It's what we used to call hodgepodge. Right. Good word. All right. Well, that challenge is before us as uh, Christians today Mm -hmm. to reach the younger generation with the truth, right? Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. And the Bible is the truth. Amen. All right. Thank you, Kirby. Where where can people read more about this again? Again, go to uh, probe.org, P-R-O-B-E dot O-R-G. We've got surveys and all sorts of other material that they can find. It's all free charge. We'll be back in five minutes. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.